friends um thanks for tuning in to episode 18 this is going to be a uh, solo joint this time <clears throat> a little coffee a little sniffly lately um so i hope you'll bear with me um just a little bit of um a little bit of housekeeping i guess up top so uh, obviously i've been off for a couple of weeks uh, hopefully you guys got to check out um the episode with uh, Rebecca McQueen. I'm still like, I'm still really excited about that episode. It was it was really cool to uh, to get to hang with her and um, you know talk about some stuff that I we both feel like is really important and that hopefully you guys you know learned a little bit um, or at least you know you have a resource to to go to um, or a couple of resources if you have any questions or you're more curious about that. Um, if you haven't checked it out, it's episode 17. Uh, it's, released in like the last week of December or so, so uh, please definitely check that out. Um, I did, I, I took some time off uh, to sort of finish up, uh, finish up school for, uh, for the semester. And um, some of, some of you guys know if you follow me on Facebook or for, you know, you talk to me in, in person or whatever. Um, I graduated on the 14th of December with a master's degree in composition. So um, that's, this episode is, uh, is mainly based around that. Uh, it's, it's about graduate school and sort of my experience, um, about how my degree went and how everything worked out for me and some stuff, of course, that didn't work out as I'm sure anybody who's ever done anything ever will be able to tell you. But, um, I asked, I put up on, uh, on my Facebook page, uh, just kind of a question like what are what are some things that people maybe are curious about who have not gone to graduate school or people that are considering going to graduate school or I've got a couple of responses that were really neat from uh, people who had uh, gone to graduate school so um, I have a, a list that I, I'm gonna try to work through um, this is a it, it's a it's a very dense topic and a lot of it is kind of personal uh, as far as like what kind of experience you can have um, so everything, of course, there's not, I don't know if there's really a typical graduate school experience, um, for, for a lot of stuff, uh, for a bachelor's degree in whatever, but especially music there, you can kind of know what to expect. The expectations are, um, of you as a student are pretty, um, they're pretty tried and true. Um, but uh, as I'll get into a little bit later, obviously graduate school is a little bit different. Um, but uh, so I'm gonna gonna do that. Uh, my new my new podcast day is gonna be Sundays. Um, so I'm gonna I'm, I've got a couple more sort of solo episodes that are lined up. So I want to be able to uh, sort of release more frequently, more regularly, more consistently. And since school is over and I have a lot of those uh, commitments um, out of the way, I have. And I'm going to say this word, uh, not knowing really what it means yet. Um, I have free time now, sort of, a little bit, maybe. Um, 
but I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, it's one of my one of my topics for sure. Um, so I want to get back to that. I'm uh, if you if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you see that I've um, started posting pretty much every day uh, every day so far. Um, we're here in five days into the new year, and I've five for five. Um, but I've I've got everything scheduled for all of January, so you can kind of see um, January just because of um, this is the first month I'm really doing it. Uh, is kind of seeing what I've done. Um, I also do have sort of a daily thing uh, that I'm posting that that is new every day. I have a composition journal um, where I kind of do small sketches, you know, a couple of notes of a melody or maybe a, a chord or two, or maybe a chord progression. Um, so just kind of sharing literally the newest stuff that I'm working on because it's usually late in the day that I'm able to post that. Uh, but check out my Instagram and Twitter uh, if, you're, if you're interested in that. Um, I, want it, I want to do, uh, I want to document kind of what the life of a composer looks like. Um, you know, obviously, composition, being a composer, that's just one of the things that I am. Um, but it is, uh, I don't know, I always find it fascinating when I think about, oh, you know, what is a, what does a firefighter do in their free time? What is a uh, restaurant manager? What does a bartender do? Because, um, you know, some, some people, the things they post are like really fascinating and you wouldn't expect from somebody who, you know, something on social media, somebody that isn't maybe in like the public spotlight all the time. Um, cause those people, you know, they have a, a sort of cultivated public appearance, but you know, people that do everyday things for their job, um, often, and I'd say most of them that I've seen, you know, on Instagram when I'm, when I'm scrolling through there, I have really, really interesting things that they're doing. Um, and it's not just your, Oh, I went out for coffee or this is what I'm eating for lunch. Um, it's, it's, it's other stuff that's a little bit more in-depth and um, really cool. So do yourself a favor. Check out check out everything on Instagram. I mean, it's a really, really cool medium. Um, everything that social media is, I know, noted, but um, uh, it's really, really, really fascinating. And uh, it'd be great to have, uh, you know, a couple more subscribers even from there. Or if you're, you know, a follow on Instagram, um, and that's the, the last thing I say is sort of the intro to this. Um, yeah, all the all the social media stuff that happens, um, I'm, I'm putting more of a focus on sort of gaining um, gaining a following. Uh, I have a couple of projects that that will help immensely if I have uh, larger numbers. I will do a post probably in the next couple of weeks about that. Uh, I'm still drawing up the plans for it, um, but it, there's. A couple of things I want to do that will require uh, some help. So, um, follow me. Follow me on Instagram, especially. That's where you're going to see a lot of it. Uh, you can like my page on Facebook, Ornith Music. Um, or if you want to see anything that I'm, you know, doing, it will more than likely make its way to my website, ornithmusic.com. Um, and certainly, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, my email is john at ornithmusic.com. So um, I live, I'll have like 15 devices and all of them have email and, and 
all my social media stuff on there. So if you ever need to get a hold of me, uh, if you have any questions or anything you want to hear on a podcast uh, as I roll into more solo episodes, or if you have an idea for uh, like an interview episode too, like I've always wondered what, uh, you know, the rhythm guitarist in a rock band does. Um, I know plenty of rhythm guitarists. I can kind of work and schedule someone to, to answer some of those questions. Those are, those are the best. Um, and it definitely helps, you know, to know that people are listening. Um, every once in a while, I'll get a really, I'll get a cool comment like, hey, I heard your podcast episode and, you know, we've never met, but uh, I'm friends with such and such. He's friends with so-and-so and they mentioned it. And I was like, that's, that's really, that's super cool. Because, um, you know, as of right now, I'm not a, a rich and famous celebrity. So even one degree of separation, um, that's that really means a lot. So, uh so if, you, if you're if you're out there listening and you think it's interesting, you think somebody else would uh, would be interested, please go ahead and, and share what I'm doing. Um, and again, I will I will be continuing to to work to um, put out a little bit more that uh, shows what it's like to be a composer, uh, or just kind of to be a working musician in general. Um, we get into that later a little bit more in depth in this episode. So, um, well, without further ado. Uh, I'm going to start with the things that kind of um, that came from the Facebook post. Uh, I always thought that there, there's really fascinating uh, musical discussions on on Facebook. So when I posted this status, uh, I got some really cool, uh, really cool questions and uh, from people that I hadn't really talked to much before. Um, but uh, here we go. So. The main thing that people ask me about as far as graduate school goes um, is the time commitment. Uh, and, you know, people always ask, is it worth it? Do you feel like it's worth it? Well, um, I mean, I, I graduated you know, two weeks ago, so <laughs> um, there's, that's, that's a complicated question, but I'll, I'll kind of do my best to share what, I, what my perspective is. Um, and another thing, too, like... It's, it'll be mostly stuff from my personal experience and also experience that I've gained from talking to people that I was in class with or people going to school at another place, maybe. Um, but for this, for the purposes of this, um, I'll talk about kind of my experiences. Uh, the time commitment for me was I, I did sort of a, a full-time two-year two degree plan. It ended up being two and a half years. Um, and you know, right off the bat, it's it's different than is sort of spelled out. But we'll, I'll get into why it was a little bit later. Um, typically, at the school I went to, uh, it the the graduate program is kind of set up to be something that you could do part time if that's what you needed to do. For example, um, the most of my classmates, and I think most of the music graduate students that I was ever had any contact with were doing a conducting degree or some sort of education-based thing where they have set aside time to work with an ensemble or they're working specifically on like a, a, a set of pedagogical ideas and sort of honing that part of their um, musical skill set. And so um, a couple of those folks were full-time band directors, full-time orchestra directors or choir directors. Um, that either you know we're taking taking a couple of years off or um there was a couple of folks that i that i was in school with that were working part-time that were going to school part-time and working full-time still um 
since I was in, I was considered a full-time student, which I think was like six hours a semester, which um, depending on, you know, again, what you're doing, um, if you're working with an ensemble, you might be me, you might be on campus three days a week, um, maybe even four or five days a week, depending on which ensemble and uh, what other classes that you have. Uh, but typically what happens is um, for, for most of my sort of uh, music uh, core in the graduate sense, uh, those classes were like one day a week at, you know, from like five to nine or six to nine or something like that. It was, in, they were in the evening. Um, probably, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm, they were meant for people that are sort of teaching full time. Um, Sam Houston's always been sort of a renowned uh, education school, and so they figure if you're if you're teaching full time and you still want to come and pursue graduate study, then you should be able to do that. So a lot of those classes are are sort of configured that way, um, and it's it's a small enough program to where those classes kind of had the entire graduate department at the time in them. So you know uh, the the research class that I took. Um, I think there were 10 or 11 of us. And as far as I know, it was all but maybe one or two people that, uh, you know, had had come into the school within the last uh, two semesters. So um, I got to kind of know everybody in that. Um, but that was, uh, as far as the time commitment goes, one day a week and in the evenings. Um, there is also very similar to uh, if you're considering a, a music degree, I think a lot of schools um, typically will have some sort of applied lesson. Um, I know that as a composer, I was in, uh, I did four semesters of composition lessons and gave a jury and prepared the same way um, that I did during my undergrad for those things. Um, so, uh, and again, depending on your track, uh, I think most of the the plans are, are four semesters and you're just, I guess you're, you're probably um, going to be in lessons for four semesters because it's not a, uh, you know, there's, there's not from, from my understanding of the education, maybe even the conducting, there's not like a student teaching portion. It's sort of, you kind of have to figure that out already or, you know, that, that's not part of the, uh, of the, of the plan. So, um, so depending on your schedule with your professor, that might be an additional day a week, or um, you know, if you can work it out and you're lucky, you can get there, um, you know, have your applied lesson and maybe your one night class on the same day, you might only have to travel once. But again, if you're in, um, if you are teaching full time uh, is, is a popular one, then you may not be able to, as easily schedule your applied lessons. So that just, it just depends on what you're doing um, as far as that part goes. Um, and there was another thing, and I touched on a little bit earlier, there's um, my degree plan, I believe had two semesters of an ensemble credit. Um, I mean, I would imagine, I, I actually did, since I studied in college, my, my instrument was voice. Um, I. Um, I sang with a couple of different choirs at Sam. I sang three or four semesters, or I guess three semesters in the men's choir and one semester in the chorale, which was the um, the uh, top mixed group at Sam Houston. Um, I filled in uh, for them for a semester, and 
uh, did a did a concurrent semester in with that and uh, men's choir and actually my oh golly not not my last semester my penultimate semester if you will um, I was in three different choirs I did the um, the early music ensemble and men's choir and uh, sort of chorale along there and actually at the at that time it was it was actually my last semester but um, I was also in an acapella group and I was singing a lot that semester um, that's not what I would consider a typical arrangement that was just because um, because of the days that I was already having to take off from work um, I, I had those days open and I figured well if I'm going to be up here three days I may as well be in those ensembles because if I already can't work those days and be earning income, I want to get the most that I can out of this experience. Um, so some of some of my semesters were two days a week, some of them were three days a week, and those times when I was in uh, earning my ensemble credits, I was pretty much up there like three entire days, uh, at least from the afternoon until the evening with uh, with those classes. Um, so there is um, that's sort of the specifics of my my path through graduate school as far as time commitment goes but um, most of the plans are set up for um, two years and so when I when I went to get my initial advisement I knew which classes I was going to take when right off the bat um, so that that may be different but I feel like um, Pretty much, you'll you'll expect you'll know what credits that you need to earn. How you earn them might be up for debate. For example, when I when I was going for my ensemble credit, I was like, okay, does that mean I have to be in one of the um, sort of more established university ensembles? Because at that point, men's choir was still um, in a growth stage, uh, and so and also the um, early music ensemble that I was in, I wasn't sure uh, right off the bat. Um, if those would count and of course they ended up counting because they're wonderful ensembles uh, run by the most wonderful people that that I've had a chance to work with so um, uh, you know it's just I, I tried to, to ask and they were like well you know uh, if you're if you're gonna maybe do it uh, if you're gonna do it in your first semester let's send some emails now if you're if you're not gonna do an ensemble just yet then uh, you can kind of work on that um, I would imagine that any sort of graduate degree in music will have some sort of ensemble component, um, whether that's going to be uh, performing with an ensemble. I would imagine if you're uh, doing a sort of performer certificate or a master's in performance or anything like that, um, you'll have at least two semesters and probably more. Um, I, you know that that seems reasonable for you know for education or conducting uh, I'm not sure I would say probably two is reasonable so that's kind of what you could expect um, again unless you have some sort of if you're working full-time um, it would be hard for you to make it up for a 12 noon rehearsal if that's you know the middle of your fifth period or whatever um, so that's and again I was I was a composer I was uh, there's a lot of parts, and I'll get to that later. That of my degree plan that um, we ended up being kind of unsure of uh, as as we went, but I don't think that that was necessarily typical. Um, but as far as time commitment goes, uh, 
it's not usually as uh, as much time in the day or during the week as an undergraduate schedule, uh, or at least it wasn't at uh, Sam Houston where I went. Um, but again, if you if you are, um, I just I just went on you know on loans. I wasn't uh, there was no assistantship, there was no fellowship or anything like that. Um, so if you're if you're going, just kind of paying either out of pocket or with uh, some sort of financial aid. Um, you know, it's, it's six hours. It's, it's a rigorous six hours a semester. Um, uh, so it's, that's, you know, it's just time in the classroom. Um, but the, the classwork you can expect, uh, if you remember, uh, you know, when I was doing my undergrad, there were classes that had the little W designation that was a writing enhanced class. Um, expect everything to be writing enhanced times 10. You're going to be reading and writing a lot. Um, you're going to be sort of required to synthesize. And uh, it's not like a, um, oh, you can, you know, turn your paper in and hide in the corner because uh, you feel like you might have only gotten a C. Um, yeah, the classes that I took were all kind of a seminar. And there were, you know, between five and ten people. And so you were expected to be able to talk at length about the subject that you researched or the articles that you're supposed to summarize. Uh, it's not it's not a big enough class typically. Um, even at larger graduate schools, it's it's probably going to be something like, uh, you know, if you're in class from six to eight, you're probably up until eleven thirty or twelve, just reading, just just familiarizing yourself with the material. Um, because that expectation is there right off the bat. Some people kind of built that that those habits, you know, even as early as high school or maybe through some of their more difficult um, upperclassmen uh, classes in, in their undergrad. Um, I did not. I was not um, super prepared for that, but it was made evident right away that the expectation was uh, pretty high and that, you know, this is graduate school. If you want to call yourself a master of music, you need to... Um, know how to master a subject, at least um, on a basic level. So um, the time commitment in the classroom, you know, six hours a semester, but the time commitment outside the classroom um, was was quite a bit more. Um, you know, I just hopefully if you're if you're considering graduate school, um, you are interested enough in the types of subjects that you would be studying to where that won't be an issue. And um, that's what made it easier for me is like I really wanted to know um, how how these things like all this research that's done how do you know what to research where do you go to find these things um, if you if you're going to write a paper to present at a, a convention or, or something like that like how does that work what's the process for that um, you get a it's it's a little bit more of a peek into academia which I'll cover that a, a little bit later as well um, the next thing that was on the was on that Facebook post was the long-term payout, and there was the caveat in the question. Um, you know, even though you just graduated, what do you think is going to be your long-term payout? Um, so, this one is it's actually more straightforward. Uh, when I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of ways to answer that, but. Um, when you think about what the long-term payout is for any sort of graduate study, um, again, I, I just I did a master's. There's terminal degrees as well. There's other types of graduate study. 
um, but for a master's degree in composition. Um, I ask this question a lot. What is the point of getting a master's in composition? Um, several people have told me, um, if you go for two, you might as well go for three. Um, and I, I asked them, what does that mean? Um, you know, obviously it's, it's further study a PhD or a DMA or, or uh, something along those lines. And he said, well, um, composition is, is such, uh, in many circles, it's such that um, if you pursue graduate study, if you go for a master's, um, especially if you go for a PhD or DMA, um, you more than likely will be working in academia at some point. Um, and, you know, the, the path that I've kind of seen through this is, you know, once you get a master's, that sort of qualifies you to work at a junior college or maybe, uh, a, you know, a community college or um, once you get some experience or if you're particularly uh, give a give a killer interview, maybe working as a as an adjunct for a university or a, a smaller college. Um, and then if you if you do that, uh, once you have the experience there, you maybe pursue a, a, a doctorate level kind of thing. Uh, with the hopes of maybe full professorship or at least tenure somewhere or um, adjunct at a larger school or something along those lines. So um, as far as the long-term payout goes, um, it, it remains to be seen for my, for my personal uh, case. I know that a couple of people that uh, I went to undergrad with have since gone on to finish a master's and are now teaching at the college level which is super cool. Uh, I'm super, super happy for those folks. And one, since they started doing that, I was in school and I was like, okay, I can't focus on that yet because I, w I need to focus on what I'm doing and finish, finish my, my school. Um, as far as that goes, um, I have, you know, started looking for community college jobs and I'm thinking, oh, cool. I have all of the requirements for the, <laughs> I have all of the requirements on the paper that says that I can, I'm eligible to apply for this job. So that's really cool because even, you know, some some applications say, well, you just need, you know, 18 hours or, or something like that, you know, three semesters of graduate study in the field and you can apply for the job. But many of them now say um, master's degree required. So you have to finish and graduate and be done uh, before you can really apply for that. So in that way, it has already sort of paid out in that I am eligible to apply for some of those jobs. Um, I haven't yet heard back. I'm not really expecting to, and I'm probably not going to um, apply with too much fervor until uh, you know. I, I would maybe think about starting next fall. There's a couple of uh, really great schools that are just right around me um, that I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a pretty serious look. So. Um, I may post about that, you know, because that's another thing um, as far as the payout goes. Well, how do you know when it when it pays off? <clears throat> uh, if I get a job, you know, if uh, I, I can, uh, I, I will talk more about like maybe the interview process or what I put on my portfolio or what goes on my resume. Because um, right now, just, you know, I haven't taught college yet so that you have to kind of get in somehow um, taught lots of other places, but um, as far as the long the, the payout goes for for what I've what I've personally done so far, um, 
I do feel like I have reached a point where it wouldn't be unreasonable for me to get a job somewhere because of my teaching experience. And now that I'm uh, officially on paper done. Um, so now as far as anywhere else that that would apply, a composition degree, um, a, a, a master's in composition, uh, I don't know if it would apply outside of academia. Um, I, th I think any kind of master's degree would uh, would be a good thing to a potential employer, um, even maybe outside of the, the field of music. Um, I know that there are some internships at, at super huge companies that maybe they have like a music division um, that would look favorably on any type of master's, but especially a master's in you know their music division or whatever. Um, but as far as that goes, um, the payout I think will come when I, um, as as I'm uh, finding my way to re-enter academia from the other side, uh, no longer as a as a student. Uh, but more on that, that's that's a, a good one because I think that it can uh, always sort of be expanded upon. Um, and as more time passes and more things happen, um, I'll be able to say what I've what I've gotten because of my uh, new degree. <clears throat> uh, okay, the next. The next thing on the uh, on my list here is uh, expectations versus experience. Uh, so uh, this is another good one because it's it's a very personal thing, and some of my expectations might match yours, and the experiences that I had might be uh, sort of telling for you. Um, as far as the experience goes, I was actually expecting. Um, I was expecting about the class load that I had. So again, I was I, I knew the degree plan was you know, six hours a semester, so it wasn't that much time physically on campus. Um, but I was definitely expecting it to be um, much, much more difficult than undergraduate study was. Um, and I knew that the smaller classes would, uh, would make it, again, very evident if you weren't on top of your stuff. Um, as far as how I actually experienced that, uh, it was that way and more so. Um, uh, it was actually, it was really intimidating at first because one thing that I didn't know what to expect was who was going to be in class with me. Um, it was fine for at least one semester. I'm fairly certain that my middle school band director was in either a class with me or a class right next door at the same time. That blew me away. Um, I knew band directors were in graduate school but I wouldn't have figured that my band director would be at the same school that I was. Um, that was that was really neat. But um, what I what I was kind of surprised by, um, especially at first when I was in more sort of a classroom, the classroom portion of it is um, there were extremely talented and intelligent people from all over the world that uh, I didn't I wasn't aware of of you know that that much diversity. Um, in, in the school that I was at. And I'm sure that there were some people that I just maybe didn't happen to cross paths with during my undergrad. Um, but in graduate study, um, I, I think it's, it's, it was just really cool to see that many different perspectives. You know, I met, I was sitting in class with people that were trained in, uh, Spain and, uh, and, you know, Russia and, <laughs> All, all parts of South America. It was it was just the coolest thing. Um, it was really nice to get to know those kinds of people, and 
you know, hear some of their experiences. Um, and, you know, they were going through the same stuff that I was. So it was, it was, it was just really cool. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect as far as who's in the classes. Um, one thing that, that was really neat, though, as far as, uh, as, far as who was in the class with me, um, it wasn't all... When I finished my bachelor's degree, I was... Golly, it was 2014, so I was you know, 24, 25 or so. Um, and I was, I was a little older than the people in my class, just a couple of years. I switched majors and, uh, it was a whole thing, but, um, the, <clears throat> the, um, the classes that I was in were people of all different ages. So there was, you know, there was some, 22 year olds who had just finished their bachelor's degree. There was some 30 year olds like me. And then there was, you know, 55, 60 year olds. Um, that was, it was just really neat. It's, uh, it was a chance to grow. I think a lot more, um, with every single class, every, every class meeting that happened, um, had an opportunity for sharing a perspective that I would never have gotten otherwise, or, um, just talking to a new person. Uh, and as people kind of came and went, you know, people auditing the class or people who had a restrictive schedule during some parts of the semester, um, you know, it was it was cool to see kind of people in and out. Um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't expecting that, but that was that was really great. Um, uh, as far as other expectations that I had, like um, as a composer especially, um, I was hoping, I was, and I, I had a reasonable expectation that, uh, you know, as if I'm submitting something for a recital, that's something that needs to be performed and that will go in my portfolio and that, well, this is sort of a professional, uh, situation, um, that the, um, the interest for that for that piece of music, perhaps, or the um, just the availability of performers would have been um, different, I guess, at least than my than my undergrad. Um, and what I found it it this was at Sam at least uh, is that it was still it was still kind of a challenge most times to find performers. Um, so it wasn't so much a uh, you know, I didn't, there wasn't it, that much like additional clout, I guess, that I, I personally had as a composer. Um, it was still a thing like, oh, it's for a student composition concert. Well, let me check my schedule and I'll get back to you. And, it, you know, um, which, again, it may not be indicative of every school, but uh, from the people I've talked to, it is it is kind of that way um, without a without like a, a sort of uh, established new music ensemble that, that serves the composers. Um, composers of any, any level of study, I think, may have uh, similar, similar challenges in finding performers. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm always, I was always grateful for the people that, that were able to dedicate some time for it. It's just, um, uh, I think I was expecting that uh, it would be easier but for that for that particular thing uh, but it, it it wasn't really um, 
again, just, just at my school. <clears throat> um, as far as other expectations I had, um, interacting with uh, undergraduate students, I was expecting that to be kind of exactly how it was. There's, there's a couple of people that are, you know, going to show some real interest in what you're doing. And um, it, typically I found it was the, the older undergraduate students, maybe they're, you know, 25, 26, like kind of like I was when I was finishing, um, who, I, who can relate to me on more, a more personal level. Um, but, you know, if I'm singing in an ensemble and I'm 30 and the person standing next to me is 19, um, it's going to be a little bit more, it's going to be a little bit of a barrier. Um, just if you take the school aspect out of it, if you take an 18 year old and stand them next to a 30 year old, they're going to have very different experiences, different views, um, different levels of sort of musical awareness, different levels of professional awareness for sure. Um, that was kind of exactly what I, uh, was thinking it was going to be, um, and again, that was that was because at my school, the there was not a separate ensemble for graduate students. Your ensemble credits had to be fulfilled in an ensemble that was going to be almost exclusively um, undergraduate students. Still fantastic, wonderful music making, uh, just different kind of on the outside th parts of things. Um, so that's something it just in many ways, if you're if you're considering graduate school, um, just to be aware that you're you're going to be probably a significant, significantly different age than the people around you, especially if like if you've been working a few years and you're maybe in your late 20s or early 30s. Um, it's uh, it's going to take some adjusting to get used to having um, people who may have even been your former students in an ensemble with you kind of working on the same uh, thing. That was really cool. Um, I have, there's a couple of my former students that are um, up there now doing, finishing their, their college. And it would be like, you know, I'll show up for class or show up for ensemble rehearsal. And they're like, Hey, you taught me for a couple of years. I'm like, yep, I'm in school again. <laughs> it was, uh, it was wild. It, it was definitely wild, but uh, that's, uh, it's something to be aware of, something you may not think about until uh, you see you see one of your former students in class um, or in an ensemble. Um, it's it's shocking. I, I think in a good way because you know if your if your former students have thought about music enough to go pursue it in in college, then that's I think that's a good thing for for most of most of the kids. Um, but that kind of gets me in. The next thing was um, talking about. The mindset you have as an undergrad versus the mindset you have as a graduate student. Um, I think it's important to note that during my undergrad, especially, um, I was not. I, I, anybody that knows me knows that I would would, would claim this. Um, I'm not like an awesome student. Um, I was always, uh, I was always kind of more interested in the, the information than, you know, maybe completing the assignments or doing well on the test or finishing a project. Um, 
so there was a couple of times, especially in my first couple of years of my undergrad, uh, my mindset was just like, well, I'm, I'm in college. I'm supposed to, you know, have fun and learn who I am and learn how to be an adult. And, um, I, w- I didn't, I didn't drink at all. So I, I wasn't really, I wasn't going to parties, but I was just kind of figuring out what is it that I like to learn? What is it? What are the kinds of things that I like to be around? Um, and so, uh, I, it did change quite a bit. Um, when I changed my major to be a music major, um, I had to learn pretty quickly that there were some things that I couldn't really have that anymore. So, I mean, even through my undergrad, as you, you see your mindset change, um, when I, when I really started the music portion of my undergrad, um, I had just kind of started learning how to learn and learning how to, you know, complete assignments and more, more reasonably meet deadlines and, um, be a little bit more detail oriented with, um, with the things that I considered what I love to do, which is music. So, um, but I was still, I was still a little squirrely towards, uh, towards, even towards the end of my undergrad. Um, I was able to, you know, kind of pull through and get it done, but, uh, I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't really have a good sort of student mindset, um, at that point, which leads me into how I was in graduate school. Um, Knowing, knowing what I did and uh, having taught high school full-time for a couple of years and teaching uh, private lessons and um, writing more sort of involved and longer pieces that had more of a intricate workings, um, I had sort of reoriented myself to be a lot more details, details-oriented. And um, I thought like when I went in there, I was like, I'm not coming in as sort of a, a, a blank canvas anymore. I have some training. I have some experience. Um, yes, I, I am a student again, but I am entering this, this endeavor as a professional musician already. Um, I make a significant portion of my income from playing and writing music. Um, so that I, I knew that um, the expectation would be that I'm, I'm not there just kind of killing time. I'm, I'm really there to develop myself as a professional. Um, and I never had that during my undergrad. I was always thinking, it's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I may finish my music degree and, um, you know, go flip pancakes or something. I, that, might, that might be what I love to do. Um, but ha- coming back as a, as a graduate student was, was a complete... 180 for me. Um, I, I was like, I was super focused. Um, you know, I, I, I still, I still had a life to live and I, I worked the entire time I was in school. Um, I drove all over the country (laughs) the entire time. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was an undergrad, if I'm out somewhere and I'm wearing like a Sam Houston ball cap, I didn't think about it, you know? Um, I'm not typically a super loud or rowdy guy, but, um, you know, I, if I'm walking by and I, and I miss a trash can or something, I was like, oh man, whatever. But, um, you know, when I, when I came back as a, a graduate student, I was really, really hyper aware of, um, you know, I'm not just representing my school. If I'm, if I'm pursuing 
a master's degree. I'm working closely with these professors and anything I do, um, you know, especially if it's like a prof in a professional setting has their name on it too. Um, and so it's, it's, it was more important to me to just sort of be on at all times. Um, not, and not even like in an exhausting or, uh, debilitating way. It was just, I was just more aware, um, as a, as a graduate student, you know, um, I, when I put on my bio that I'm studying with my professors and their, their names on it, and that's on my website and that's on resumes that I send to people. And that's on my CV that I send out when I enter, um, composition contests. Um, that just, it just became a lot more important that I, um, uh, I'm just sort of representing myself and these other professionals that I'm, I'm very close with and that I admire and, um, look up to, um, it's more important even, even then, um, that I represent them well. Um, so there's, there's a couple of other things, uh, just as far as mindset goes, most of it had to do with just age, just age on the calendar. Um, when you start, you know, when you start an undergraduate degree, most people, not everyone, of course, uh, most people are 18, 19 years old and, uh, they might be good at something, but you don't really know much. Um, you know, that's obviously not, not true for every single person. I had lived, uh, <laughs> I had lived quite a bit of life before um, I graduated high school, but, um, just in the, in that, that short time, it really is kind of a short time between when I finished my bachelor's degree and, st and decided to go back for, um, for a master's, I was, <clears throat> I had grown a lot. And just in general, that how I carried myself, how I spoke to other people, um, how I reacted to, um, you know, things that, that happened to me, you know, I felt like that I maybe didn't have control over the way I reacted to those things is very different. Um, just in general, as a 30 year old, or I guess 29, when I, when I entered versus, um, you know, an 18 year old. So, um, I know that's, I mean, that, that's kind of a given, but it, I think it's definitely worth saying, um, as far as how you think your mindset changes, because everything you do, whether you realize it or not, um, affects, affects you as a student. Um, because it's not it, just because you're a student doesn't mean you're not a person. So, you know, if you're if you're a super diligent student, you're probably just a diligent person. Um, some people are different. I would say that in, in general, I'm I'm more detail oriented and diligent outside of being a student, which sounds weird, but um, I don't know. That that's kind of another wormhole. But that's less about mindset uh, uh, between degrees than than in just being a human. <laughs> um, so uh, next next thing. Next question I had was um, my uh, studies were interesting uh, in that uh, I also completed my bachelor's degree at Sam Houston. And so I studied with the same professor for my undergraduate degree as I did uh, my master's. And um, it was an interesting process. It's definitely um, fascinating to see it, it was it was illuminating to me especially uh, as i'm considering you know a dma or a phd later um what does it look like what is the daily life of a 
of a doctor in in music hold. Um, and I, towards the last in the last year or so of my uh, of my bachelor's degree, um, I actually got to play some gigs with my professor. We started. Uh, he, you know, had me out. I think to sub for a uh, a musical theater performance, and uh, I ended up kind of picking up a couple more shows. Um, and it was just, it was really it was super cool. We would, you know, we'd be backstage um, playing, you know, Dr. Seuss for little kids, and or you know, uh, you know that. That was a, a unique experience. Even then, I realized I was like, "Well, this is really cool." I don't think a lot of people get to to really do this kind of thing. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I, would, I didn't study percussion formally in in college. I was studying as a as a singer, and I was playing drum set for um, for these theater shows. So um, I got to know him pretty well, you know. Um, and then after I graduated, we we played a couple more shows and we talked a little bit. Um, you know, I finally asked him, I was like, Hey, you know, I've been, I've been teaching some and I don't think I want to continue, you know, teaching full time. I said, you know, what, what were your thoughts? And he's like, well, um, you know, if you're interested in, in a, in a master's, um, I think it'd be good to have you. Um, so he, he kind of invited, we talked about it and thought, you know, is this, is this the best thing to do? And I asked him, um, I asked, I asked a couple of people. I was like, "Well, how how likely or how uh, how rare is it for someone to do two degrees in the same place under the same professor?" Um, and I, the, I think the consensus was it's not it's not super common for that to be the case, um, just because a lot of times um, you know you want to get a different perspective or you want to be in a different physical location. Um, and, or, you know, you just want to be in a different uh, academic environment, learn from different people who have different traditions and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I think ultimately um, there was a couple of factors that just I had to think about from a practical standpoint. Um, you know, I, I did. I applied to some other schools. I got even a couple of interviews. Um, and the thing I was talking about earlier, you know, especially during my undergrad, my uh wasn't like the most diligent student. Um, there was definitely some things that I could have done better. And um, that's kind of what, what I was told is like, you know, this is a larger program. We've got, you know, if we've got a hundred people uh, interviewing for 10 spots um, and your GPA is, you know, 0.05 lower than the next candidate, then they're going to get the spot and you're not. Um, and so a, a big part of it is, um, you know, I was I was accepted into the school, and I thought about it once. Once I got accepted, I was like, "Well, you know, should I should I not do graduate school, uh, or maybe you know, should I put off graduate school, and and you know, try to try to make up some of that?" And I thought about it, and there's there's not really a way to do that. And so, um, you know, Sam is. Uh, relatively affordable as far as a master's degree goes. Um, I knew the drive. Um, I knew some of the people up there, but not everyone. Um, and that was one of the things that, that kind of tipped my decision was a lot of the, you know, um, a lot of the staff had kind of turned over. Um, 
there was some some killer new ensemble directors that I was kind of excited to work with um, and super happy that I got to know and very very thankful to to get to know them so it wasn't um, it wasn't just going back and doing the same stuff um, it was very much um, very much a new set of experiences and um, I having been close with my professor he we were able to move past the sort of you know, getting to know you semester and I could bring something in and right away um, be like, this is not graduate level work. I know that you can do better. Um, and so he he held me to that standard right away. There was no, um, you know, all he knew was what was in my CV and my portfolio. He literally coached me from day one. Um, and so I, to me, I think that, that he was able, we were able to achieve a higher standard because of that. Um, which I'm, I'm again. I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful for everybody that that I've studied under. Um, but especially working working with him for, golly, a total of six years. Um, uh, he he got to know my work really well, and I got to know what he was what he would expect really well. Um, and I think that that is that is valuable. Um, and obviously. Um, it, it shouldn't go without being said that I, I think very highly of his work and his his teaching style and his um, just his approach and his his uh, his professionalism. So um, I think that was that was overall a good thing. And I wasn't again, I wasn't really sure how to what to expect about that, because, um, you know, the, the common thing is I think the more common thing is to to find find another place to, to sort of thrive. Um, but my circumstances took me back to Sam and, um, I'm, I'm glad that they did. Um, so the next thing, uh, on the list was, um, about the classes and the seminars and the readings, um, and like sort of the, the musical core, if you will, um, for, uh, for graduate study, um, in general, several of them, and I think they were kind of designed this way: the, the classes you take first in in your graduate study, I think, will probably feel very similar to how the uh, similar courses during the undergraduate study will, would would have felt so for example if you have a um, a history class it's gonna feel pretty similar and set up to that but um, there will be much more scrutiny on the accuracy of your work and the number and types of sources that you're using um, to create a sort of historical picture about um, a given topic um, it, so it's just it's a little bit deeper dive into those things and just making sure that you know your stuff that much better um, for most of it. Um, you know, some of it is even considered like a review class. So if you have a you know a theory review, it's going to be similar to what you've done. You're just expected to do it at a higher level. Makes total sense. Um, I would imagine that that's probably pretty common for graduate study, at least for those first couple of classes to be, can you still write a four part, you know, 
chord progression and do use proper voice leading techniques and that sort of thing. Um, uh, and there's, there's always this sort of, um, there's a little bit of a, a, I don't know, discrepancy is the right word, but there's a disconnect perhaps between different degree plans. So if, you know, if you're doing a performance degree, um, how is the how is the music theory class that you're going to take in graduate school going to serve you? Is it going to be different? Is it going to be the same? Um, and I, again, I think it just depends very much on the instructor and the you know the professor overseeing everything and uh, you know how well you understand theory. So if if you're just sort of barely scraping by and you just you know you're a gigging musician, you know any style. If you're just playing out playing gigs and you know, you know, I know one, four, one, two, four, five, one, um, it might be a little bit more challenging for you and they might, you know, push you a little harder. Um, cause again, if you've, if you've developed yourself as a professional and you have those sort of gaps to fill in, that may end up being a different experience for you than someone who maybe was teaching at the high school level and was working with that sort of stuff every single day. Um, I think at the end of the day, no matter where you come from, there's a certain standard, just, just like your undergrad, there's a certain standard that you have to achieve, um, no matter what you want to do or what you've been doing. Um, as you know, as far as like the, the theory stuff goes, um, now for, for the history and some of the research based, um, classes and seminars that I was a part of, um, that was the way we did it was a little bit more uh, I don't know customizable maybe um, if there's a you know a given topic there would be a broad uh, a broad set of topics you could use like choose something to research from 1780 to present day something like that you know um, and then like really get into it and here's how we do these things or um pick something in time that uses your instrument, you know, tell us about the saxophone, where did it come from or how was it used in this century? Something that's, you know, guided, but a little bit more broad, um, as far as, you know, what kind of topics you're going to study. So, you know, if you're studying performance and you may not know every composer of, you know, if you're a saxophone performance major, you may not be able to tell, every single opera composer that ever lived and what they wrote and what, where they're living when they wrote it. But you might be asked to be like, okay, uh, let's, you know, find someone who is a contemporary of John Coltrane and tell us about him. Tell us what he did. Where, where was he working? What bands were, was he in? What charts did he arrange? What did he write? You know, those sort of things. Um, you know, and if you're, again, if you're, if you're teaching, there was, there was a couple of projects that had to do specifically with, um, pedagogical approaches. Um, it's, there was things where you, it still was specialized, but you kind of got to, uh, choose your path a little bit. Um, and it was, it was really cool. It was actually really intimidating and daunting in some of those classes because it was, <clears throat> You know, some people came into grad school and just knew exactly what they wanted to research, and they're very passionate about a specific thing. And when that, you know, when that research project came up, it was like, oh yeah, right away, I know exactly what I'm going to do. 
it wasn't really that way for me at all. Um, I was sort of ambivalent about, you know, what we think of as research and, um, you know, filling in gaps that weren't there. Uh, I was sort of like, well, you know, that's, I don't consider, I didn't consider composition like a research based topic. Um, you know, and one of the things you, I think that hopefully you would learn is that pretty much everything is research based. Um, if you want to be a great composer, you should be looking at what other composers are doing, what are performers doing. You know, if you're a really great performer, it I think it helps a lot to figure out where the music that you're playing came from. Um, if you're an educator, who developed the method that you use to teach rhythm? Who um, who wrote this music that was considered educational music? Uh, I think I ended up doing a uh, actually an episode of this podcast for a graduate class about uh, marching band. It, that it was it was super fascinating. Um, it's actually a huge gap in in academia um, how drum corps relates to marching band, and that blew me away. Um, and that again, that was not something I was expecting. But um, uh, the the things that you you're asked to kind of look at are are much deeper dives um, in my experience, and I, I would imagine probably across the board um, you have to just go a lot more in depth. And it's not like it's not just can you synthesize the information? Can you read an article and summarize it in your own words? Um, it's, you know, when you're done with this, could we pub publish this in a journal somewhere? Did you find out something or put two things together that were not previously put together? Um, and I, that was really fascinating. And I think that's how those classes um, kind of worked for me um, a little bit. So, um, no matter what you're doing, you can definitely, uh, you can definitely use those classes. You know, it's, that's, that's the attitude that I tried to have. And that I, I recommend if you can talk yourself into that, um, there's not really any sort of blow off classes, you know, it's graduate school. You're, if they ask you to do it, it means, it means a lot to, to do that. And, um, there's a certain set of skills that, Again, no matter if your performance or education or conducting, there's a certain set of skills you should have if you want to someday call yourself a master of music. Um, and even after you graduate, hopefully you, you know, I'm, I'm not satisfied with the research that I've done. I'm going to continue working. Um, and, you know, I want to, I'm, part of this is I want to kind of document what I'm finding out um, and, and share that with people and, you know, hopefully inspire people to, find what what makes them uh, passionate about music and you know help them on their journey if i can um yeah so that's the 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 classes and and, and seminars and and you know especially the readings were um were quite a bit more in depth and from perhaps uh authors or you know compiled by editors that may, may not have heard much from uh, during undergrad because you have to cover kind of a lot of information extremely quickly. So some stuff gets missed, you know, some of that, some of the graduate study was uh, filling in those gaps. Um, <clears throat> the next question I got was about um, goals as far as what my goals were going into the degree and what my goals are now that I'm finished. Um, so since this is personal, um, 
it's and I actually had some some pretty clear goals that I was interested in. Um, I wanted to, of course, write more music, and the reason why I think that going back to school helps with that is, um, you know, if you're if you're currently enrolled in school, um, and anybody who's taken out uh, student loans will know this. It, it's really nice to not have that looming over your head um, when you're trying to do any sort of creative activity. Um, I mean, there are days that, you know, after I graduated, started paying back those student loans, that it was just, it was really hard to, to focus. Thinking, man, I'm never going to write enough music to be able to to pay for this stuff, to just exist and be a human. And so, I mean, that sounds really strange, and that definitely shouldn't be the only reason you go back to school. Uh, but it is kind of nice, if you, if you have loans, to sort of temporarily put that on hold. <clears throat> um, you know, they, they a lot of times will just sort of literally put a, put a hold on it if you're still in school. You know, that makes sense. If you're earning your degree, it's going to be hard to use that degree that you don't have yet to pay for those, those loans, you know. Um, but wanting to write better music was definitely one of my goals and being in that environment where every week I have a composition lesson and I in theory will be around performers a lot more frequently than I would be was I not affiliated with a university <clears throat> uh, and so I definitely think that that was um that was a goal that was achieved. I know that my my fundamentals, I feel like I improved quite a bit on my fundamentals as far as like orchestration, um, writing level appropriate music. Um, a lot of things that I, you know, presented for juries were for varying levels of performer. So I was like, this is going to be, um, you know, a little bit simpler, maybe for a younger performer, but I still want it to be meaningful but achievable. Or this one's going to be for, um, you know, a, a master's degree in performance level saxophone and, you know, master's or doctoral level piano, you know, that, that's those sort of things. And so I think, um, you know, I, I achieved those goals of, of getting better at that for sure. Um, as far as other goals, so like... Uh, I wanted to I wanted to make more sort of professional connections. Um, that was a huge huge um, draw for me to go back to school. Was um, you know when I go to music conventions, uh, you know TMEA um, or you know TBA or ACDA, any of those, and I can say, hey, I'm I'm actually I'm studying still. I'm I'm working on this such and such thing. I see that you're studying there too. What are you working on? Um, or you know, talking with a professor, I think, well, you know, hey, what is your school like? Maybe I'll maybe I'll come to you for a DMA, or um, you know, maybe I'll I'll uh, submit to your school's um, composition contest or something like that. Um, I met all sorts of people, and uh, even you know, through some of my like Phi Mu Alpha connections. It's like, oh, you're doing grad school now. Cool. I remember seeing you at this convention five years ago when you're, you know, snot-nosed little 23-year-old. Um, but, you know, I have, I have, I made connections a lot quicker um, in grad school than I think I did during my undergrad, um, which is, which is really neat. Um, 
you know, not even not even just out, but if I'm, uh, <clears throat> you know, just online, or if someone you know happens across my website, um, I you know I hope and it it ended up coming to pass several times where they say, oh, you're you're in graduate school, you're you're working on stuff, you're you're getting better, you're studying and and that, and so well maybe maybe you'll be a good person to talk to for this project that I'm working on, or maybe come play this gig so we can talk about. Um, you know, whatever such and such thing that, that I've got going on. So that the networking thing, uh, again, was another thing that I think that was really important, um, going in and, um, I, I hope and feel like I'm a lot better at, at, you know, doing the networking thing. Um, <clears throat> my, as far as the, another goal I had, um, that again, my, this one is is a little bit more uh, sort of situational. I was really hoping to get um, get more recordings uh, and sort of build the audio portion of my portfolio. And I didn't really have a, a specific number or type or whatever um, of of recordings, but I think just what ended up being most practical for the recitals that were given on campus. Um, you know, they were wonderful recordings, but I was hoping for, you know, uh, maybe a wind band reading or an orchestra reading or a, a choir, um, sort of a large ensemble thing. Um, that didn't really happen. Um, and it's just, it's just the practicality of it. It's, it's, it's tricky because, you know, those, those ensembles all are doing their world-class type things. Um, and you know that with the composition department being relatively small, um, there's not really a, a culture of that where a given composer will have a reading of really anything. Um, so that that was one goal that I had that I wasn't really sure uh, how I was going to work it out, and it kind of kind of ended up not not really happening. Um, um, but you know, as far as goals, that was kind of the big things that I had thought of as far as how, what I was going to try to achieve in school. Um, as far as what, what I was going to do after that, um, you know, what are, what are my goals for postgraduate gra uh, graduation activities? Um, I, I wanted to, when I went in, um, I wanted to finish up and, uh, get to work at a, you know, a community college or, a, you know, a junior college or, um, adjunct at maybe a smaller university. Um, that's that's still one of my goals. I definitely um, I definitely want to experience that. I want to share what I have with um, with college students, you know, adults, basically. You know, um, I, I I love helping young people. I love teaching young people. Um, I but I do still want to experience what it's like to work with an adult at at sort of a uh, a complex and and rigorous. Uh, task, you know, writing music is challenging, no matter who you are, or what you're doing, but um, adults, you know, may have, by the time they're 18 or 19, developed something that they want to say, and I want to help them learn how to say it. Um, and, you know, learn about being a professional musician, I want to share all of that stuff. Um, and that's, so that's still one of my main goals um, for, for post graduation. Um, I definitely went in my master's with a mindset of um, someday uh, 
uh, finding a finding a terminal degree program. Um, you know, the I've I've looked overseas to uh, to see if you know <clears throat> go to uh, go to the UK, go to Australia, go to Germany or something to um, to sort of to to look at a. a a doctoral program um, and that that is still one of my goals as well that's something that uh, I think I'll know a little bit better about how that's gonna work or indeed if it's going to work uh, after I work some um, maybe at a, at a lower level uh, uh, college program maybe a, a two-year kind of thing but um, yeah it that's uh, that passion, that goal that I had in my mind is one of the things that brought me through to, to be able to finish uh, finish the master's degree. It was it was hard, especially towards the end. I was, uh, uh, I was pretty stressed. So if I didn't have that goal in mind, I don't know if I would have been able to actually um, finish it up. Uh, cool. the, uh, the next question was about academic the academic and social culture of of school um and i I get like how it how it differed from um my bachelor's to to a master's uh it's it's kind of hard to say i mean anybody that's been alive over the last 10 years kind of knows how that stuff has gone um I will say that the academic culture at Sam uh, has matured quite a bit. Just you know, the given the given student, I think, is more um, sort of more dedicated to it, and the culture is um, a little bit more sophisticated than I think it was. Um, and that's it's not meant to sound like a knock on anybody. Um, it, it, that's how it should be. I feel like any any school should always be working to get better, um, and a lot of things that are in place are are improving. Um, and it, it, I I think me leaving and coming back um, kind of offers me a unique perspective because you know any the the people teaching the classes may not see the changes happening because they will feel a lot more gradual. But I left for, you know, two or three years and then I come back and I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, maybe instead of, you know, out of 20 uh, students in a class, instead of eight people turning something in on time and doing well on it, maybe it's, you know, 15. That's that's a huge improvement. And it's, it's kind of hard to, to, to see that um, unless you, you know, step away for a little bit. Um, the social culture is, uh, I don't know, Sam Houston and, and Huntsville, you know, the place where I went to school was not, I wouldn't call it like super progressive. Um, and I'm, I'm being extremely generous by um, simply labeling it not, not very progressive. But the uh, Huntsville is feels like a little part of the deep, deep south um, there in East Texas for us. Um, There was, I remember distinctly several times um, driving down the street, um, like in town in Huntsville, um, vaguely near campus, and there'd just be a dude just walking 
overalls, no shoes, shotgun, just walking down the street, not, you know, pointing it at anyone, just just like he's carrying a fishing pole, just had a shotgun on him. Um, that's interesting to me. That was that was an interesting part of, <laughs> of our culture um, for that to be sort of commonplace. Um, I do think, though, um, in the music school specifically, the students, the student body, I didn't get to interact with much um, at large. But the music school, I think, has gotten a lot more um, progressive, a lot more accepting, a lot more understanding um, of, you know, of everything. Uh, I know I definitely saw um, like a more diverse population um, people from you know different ethnicities and different belief systems and different um, the the LGBT LGBTQ community is I felt very very open very accepting there um, which I was I was really happy to see because Huntsville like I said is not a particularly progressive part of of the state even. Um, and I'm so, so happy to see that that, I think, has improved quite a bit um, from when I was doing my uh, bachelor's there. Uh, and that, that, to me, is extremely important. I, having a, an understanding and accepting culture is, is just so necessary for a productive environment and to feel safe and, and wanted and accepted. Um, everyone should have that everywhere they go. Uh, but we don't, and so I think it is remarkable and worth noticing um, that that Huntsville and Sam Houston have improved in that way. Um, you know, it's still a college town. There's still stuff that's in a college town, but uh, I think I think in general um, the social culture has has become a lot more understanding and accepting. Um, okay, so. The next question, what surprised me uh, during my graduate study? Uh, it, I think what, one thing I was expecting to have changed a little bit more than it did um, was some, something I touched on earlier about, you know, uh, the way that composers and performers sort of match up and, and get together and create um, the there was a, a, a new music ensemble when I was an undergrad I you know performed in it a couple with a couple of different composers but um, it was no longer offered and that that kind of surprised me because I was thinking well if there's no new music ensemble then how what's the process to get things performed um, that was kind of surprising just in general um uh the I don't know not not a lot really really threw me for a loop. Um I think one of the things that did another thing that kind of surprised me like a little bit was um just the the amount of time outside of class that I was actively thinking about or working on um, my studies. And that, again, I, that may just be sort of the culture shock that I had from being 
perhaps less involved outside of physical class than I should have been. Um, but I think that that I think that surprised me, and it shouldn't. I I will say this: it should not have surprised me how much more difficult graduate school was going to be, and how much more time it would take outside of the class. Um, but it 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 was something I had to to adjust to quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think most most things that people told me, I think, were pretty much right on, as far as uh, what to expect and what what to look out for. Um, so the next thing, nature of collaboration. Um, this was another thing, uh, that I was, I was interested in how it was going to work. And, um, because after my, after I finished my bachelor's, I had a certain sort of process and a certain list of things that I wanted to, to happen in a certain order if I was going to be collaborating with someone. And I did, you know, I did the podcast about, you know, designing a marching band show and how that, that process works. Um, a lot of those things were, th uh, were processes that I sort of really honed after, after my bachelor's. So I, you know, I finished that and then felt like, okay, I'm finally free to get to work and kind of figure out how I want to do things. Um, and since then, um, the the way that I collaborate with people, I think, is a lot more. Um, I think it's a lot more focused. Um, I know now. Um, I've, I've I, you know, instead of collaborating with people that are older than me or maybe my age, um, I'm doing a lot of work with people that are younger and less experienced than me. Um, and so I'm, I'm more able to um, sort of proactively take charge in things that I wouldn't have before. And, you know, now that I've finished and I can say that I have achieved this thing, um, it's no longer, you know, it's, it's still, you know, I feel, you know, equal contribution, but I'm able to sort of lead and guide the process of collaboration more than I was um, before I finished. Some of it is, I think, probably I just have done it more and I have more experience just collaborating and working with people. Um, but some of it is I know I know how to more readily find answers. I know, um, you know, the, the history and the theory things. Um, I use those every single time I collaborate with, with people. If, if I'm, you know, if I'm in a band, you know, even a rock band, uh, and I was like, you know, what should I play here? What's this lick? And I was like, well, I kind of remember from this this one classical piece I studied that we use this sort of chord progression or this non-chord tone or whatever. You know, it, it could be a lot of different things, but I have a lot more um, just practical, usable knowledge to draw from. And so that allows me to, I think, can just contribute more proactively um, in the collaborative process. Um, so I've... I always relish the um, opportunity to collaborate in pretty much any any way that I can. Um, I love bringing people in and, and working with them and making something great. Um, so, <clears throat> but yeah, just being able to, to lead things a little bit more, I think, um, is one of the changes since since my first degree. 
Um, next question was, do I feel like the, the way I'm perceived by my colleagues has changed since I've graduated? Um, I mean, here's the thing about it just, it's, it's so, so very personal, um, perception and, you know, how people perceive you and then how you perceive people perceiving you, um, that hopefully is, is always evolving as you learn more about people and you, you meet more people and you do more things that are commented on and recognized. Um, I don't think that anybody, uh, I don't think that anybody thinks much different of me having, uh, having completed this, um, and, and past this podcast, um, I, I probably won't talk about it like a whole lot. I'll probably be more project-based, you know, like I'm working on this show and I'm going to have this thing and it's going to be with this person and I'm not going to be like John Patty, master of music. Uh, uh, I don't, there's not, it's not necessarily like there's anything wrong with that. A master's degree is, is an accomplishment. It's just something that should be recognized, but um, you know, it's never going to find its way to my email signature. Um, if I hand someone my resume, that's going to be on there. Um, you know, if, if they have my CV, great. It's, but it's, um, hopefully not something that, uh, you know, I don't know the people that know me and the people that have a perception of me, I feel like, um, it didn't, it didn't change much in that. And what I hope that means, uh, is that people just kind of respect me for my, my actual like musical achievements something that they can see or, or, you know, they've played a show with me and they think, Oh, that guy's, that guy's a good musician. It would never have occurred to them how many degrees I have or what they're in. Or, you know, if I'm writing music, um, I wouldn't want any sort of degree or anything like that to supersede the music that I'm creating. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to tell. And again, it's just, it's so recent. Um, you know, it's been, I graduated and we haven't even like gone back to school yet. Um, so I haven't, you know, revisited. I'm, I'm planning to do a couple of, uh, small projects up at Sam, um, next semester, but you know, the next semester hasn't started yet. So, um, that's another thing, you know, I will definitely, I, I'm always curious about that. The nature of human interaction is, is really fascinating to me. And, um, you know, now that now that I have achieved this, I'm curious. Uh, I'm definitely curious if people will perceive me different, or act act outright different, or you know, um, what I always think is is fun is uh, you know, when I'm when I'm teaching private lessons and I have you know, and you know, someone between five years old and nine years old, and I tell them, you know, yeah, I went to. I was going back to college and they're like, what's college? I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's school. You know, you, you're in the, you're, you're in this third grade or second grade. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm in like the, the 24th grade. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, more school. I'm like, okay. It's just, you know, kids, kids will, will ground you pretty quick cause they don't know. And they probably wouldn't care if I told them I had a master's degree and, um, I love that. I think that's, I think that's so great. You know, those, I, my students, 
do not perceive me as any different than I was before I before I finished. And that's that's uh, it's very humbling and it's it's a very really nice feeling. They only care, you know. They only care how good of a teacher you are. So uh, no, I, but that's something I, I want to keep an eye on and uh, <clears throat> uh, you know see if, see if anything changes. Um, here's the thing too, like yeah, I, I finished school, but I still send people pictures of John Oliver saying dope or pictures of dogs that look like meatballs or whatever. Like I, me as a person, haven't changed that much, which I, I hope to hold on to. I hope to never be. Uh, I hope to never let the, my pretense get the best of me, um, you know, as far as that goes. Um, so the, the next question is, what useful habits did I pick up in graduate school that I can use later? Um, I've always been a pretty organized person, uh, you know, or I've, I've at least tried to be, but I got, I got into the habit of um, taking super, super detailed notes on literally everything. Um, so I have a, I have, if you guys, if you guys have ever seen me or like even see any of my Instagram posts, I have pretty much every Apple device that's ever been invented, um, some version of it. And that makes it really easy to take notes on stuff. Some of them, you know, voice notes. I can even take voice notes on my watch or um, the notes app on my phone or an app I use on my iPad called Good Notes. Um, super, super useful. And it's really, really nice to be able to take notes on everything. Um, I even, I got into the habit of recording rehearsals, um, just documenting everything. Um, just everything that I save, I know I will have an opportunity to go back and use as inspiration or reference for something um, that I know I will need going forward. Um, I don't plan on leaving the music industry anytime soon. So, um, you know, if I think about it, it's like, oh man, that, that choir rehearsal from my first semester as a grad student, the, the teacher said something really, really cool and go back and listen to it. And, you know, or I go back and look at my music that I sang that semester and then I may have written a quote down on, um, so that it helps, it helps so much and getting past the, getting past the point where it like hurts to physically write. Um, I still write on, you know, notepad, uh, with, with a pencil, just normal paper sometimes. Um, or I write on my, my iPad, you know, quite a bit with the, with the Apple pencil. Um, but I just, I wrote, I wanted to make a point to, to write consistently, um, during that. So if I need to write something down, I don't have to think about, oh man, that's really long. My hands are going to hurt. I just, I just do it. I just write. And, um, it helps, it helps a lot, even if it's not a, like a coherent thing. It's just, I scribble, um, you know, like tenors like to sing a flats sharp or something like that, you know, just something, uh, super quick like that. You know, I'll go back and look at old scores and, uh, or scores that, you know, I presented for a jury that were, um, you know, during graduate study. And I, I look at little notes that I, that I took. Um, that maybe weren't even an official comment, you know, or a criticism or something, uh, a critique on the, on the piece. I'll just write down like, you know, buy this book, something like that. Um, that's a habit that I've gotten into that, uh, you know, has, has yielded many, many post-it notes all over my things. But, um, 
that's a that's a really good one um another thing is is scheduling um again i i I lean on technology a lot for this um but i have made it a point to um if if i if i get a date on something i immediately put it in my phone's calendar uh i won't just try to remember like write it down and put it in later i i will tell you know I use the the voice recognition on my phone like create this event for this time that has this title um you know between the calendars app and like the little reminders app i give myself sort of a running to-do list um and that has helped me so much because i do the things that i do are in so many different directions that it would be extremely difficult to do those things uh if i didn't have the system that i have to organize all of them um you know, so with with those things, it it really helps to develop some sort of to do list slash calendar for all of your stuff. You know, hopefully as you as you build your network, as you grow your skill, and you have you know uh, you're getting gigs, you're getting commissions, you're getting collaboration offers. Um, it you know if you if you fall down on any of those things, it doesn't matter why you just won't get that opportunity again. So it's really important for everything to be uh, in a certain place. And I got, I, I definitely um, tried to work myself into that habit uh, during graduate school. Um, yeah, there's, there's, and there's other habits that I kind of tried. Um, I didn't, they didn't really stick with me as much that I wished kind of they would have, but you know, I cooked for a while and I, um, actually sort of fell out of the habit of, of um, consistent exercise just because it was just so much. Like I'd finish a day of, of school and then go home and, and work on studying or a project. And then it's like, oh man, it's 1030 and my brain is just mush. Um, so there was there were some habits, unfortunately, that, that <laughs> didn't survive grad school. But, um, you know, now that I'm done, I hope to kind of get back to some of that stuff. Um but yeah, so uh, take notes and keep a good calendar and to-do list. Those are two things that I would uh, pass on to anybody interested. Uh, cool. Next question was, uh, which was easier to work with the consistency and frequency of the undergraduate schedule or the flexibility and sparseness of a graduate school? class schedule um i don't know each there's there's pros and cons to each um the the thing about the way that i kind of did things is that um no matter what i do i'm pretty much always doing something uh so when i was when i was an undergrad um i was working the whole time um you know, if i wasn't in class if i had you know if i had class three days a week I was still working five days a week and I might have one day off. Um, when I was in graduate school, I was at class two days a week, but I might've been working six days a week. So um, I, I think in general, what I did find easier and uh, better to work with was uh, was the graduate school schedule. And it was I think that's mostly because even though I might have been in class two or three days a week. If they're all different classes, um, it's, you know, 
I could I could reasonably do something one day before class happened where during my undergrad if I you know if I had an assignment in a Monday class it was due Wednesday didn't I didn't have I only had two days and so it was it was a little bit more strict and there were some things like you know if I'm working or if I have uh, you know a big project coming up uh, it's nice to have that um, that sort of flexibility you know to to have a couple of more days on a fairly consistent basis to work on something um, or you know during a during a, a seminar kind of class uh, if it's like hey I, I got a gig you know and it's gonna pay a lot of money um, you know do you know there's nothing due you know professors might say to you like well you know Skype in after or, um, you know, if you miss one, just try and uh, try and have a conversation with someone about that. You know, um, you know, that certainly wasn't always the case. And I, I did my best to not accept any gigs that would take me out of class. But um, some, I think some part of that is, you know, being a working professional, not having any sort of assistantship or. Um, commitment past just being in the class um, I think that affords a little bit of leeway sometimes not always it's certainly not not a rule but I think in general um, the the sort of the flexibility of of being on being on campus fewer days a week um, was more advantageous and also just if you think about it you know if you're in if you're in graduate school you're older than you were you're hopefully better at managing time than you were when you were in your undergrad. Um, even though it just the, the structure of the, of the bachelor's degree is, is nice because you don't have to think about things as much. So it's less work to have a consistent schedule. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're in graduate school, if you're really dedicated to it, um, you hopefully have developed some sort of time management skills um, before you you've went in there, and you certainly will by the time you've left. Um, I don't know. I think I personally enjoyed just from a enjoyment standpoint. I like the flexibility of uh, of graduate school more than the consistency of uh, bachelor's. Uh, common pitfalls. What would I? What kind of warnings? What What are some things that I noticed people? Uh, falling into pitfalls uh so there was i think that uh the most common pitfall that i saw in, in you know fellow graduate students was uh people being overwhelmed and still coming back the next semester um a lot of the classes you take, uh, if you're doing music, you know, uh, are you kind of have to take them in order, or your four-year degree will turn into a six-year degree. Especially some of the upper-level theory classes. Um, if you're at a smaller school, um, classes they if they don't make, there's not you know ten people in them, they may not be offered for another two years. So if you miss that class. Um, you might not be able to graduate for a while and you might not be able to start your career. Um, but with graduate school, there was, there was not very many classes, um, that I remember 
that were offered on like a like a four year rotating basis or anything like that. So there's people that I talked with that were just not having a good time, and um, you know, the it for anyone really. Uh, if you need to take a semester off, that's an option. But I think in graduate school, just you you can <laughs> like more so it will it won't like ruin your schooling career it won't put you out um and if to me if you're if you're not jiving with this the the whole like full year schedule um i would say just you know really consider is could you just take a semester off recover maybe you know, pick up a hobby or something in that semester off and find a way to, to sort of reorient yourself and then come back the next year. Um, just because I just, the, the, the graduate burnout is, is very real. Um, even the most dedicated and diligent people can get overwhelmed. Um, and there's, there's no shame in that. That's, it's not meant to be something that you can just casually do. Um, and not everybody is cut out for a master's degree and not every or not everyone is is able to do it in the exact pristine perfect amount of time that the d degree plan says um, that's I mean that's the same for for really everybody but I guess especially if you're not working on a cyclical class um, that you have to catch um, just take some time off you know um, and sort of more further to that point, I, I found myself doing this a couple of times where um, just I was learning as a, as a professional musician that not every project, not every gig, not every whatever that comes up, uh, you don't have to accept or say yes to any, any of those, especially not all of them. <clears throat> and if you're in graduate school and you're used to saying yes to every single gig all the time, um, consider taking one of those you know those things and say like hey i gotta study or hey i gotta work on this project or hey i just need a day off um that became huge for me because i was very much in the okay you got a theater show yeah i'm, I'm gonna play okay you got a cover band yeah okay you want me to go on tour with your with your country yeah i'm, I'm and then you know, my first or second semester, I'd just get home and be like, oh man, I have two classes and both of them have like a thesis level project that I haven't been able to start because I was on tour. Like, um, that's just being, being aware of the sort of gravity of what you're working on, uh, in your, in your graduate study is, is huge. Um, so yeah, take some time off, maybe decline some gigs, um, obviously, if you're if you're gigging to support yourself, you you probably can't do that. But if there's any possible way to do that, you know, um, if you're in four bands and three choirs and you're writing for six different groups, maybe drop something, you know. Um, another just pitfalls in general, I think, with with graduate school do with overexertion, never taking a day off, never resting or relaxing um you know i don't know i there's i didn't know anybody that you know like partied too much in grad school or whatever because i think by by that time most of the people have either gotten that out of their system or 
already like just don't have time for that. Um, but overexertion is kind of like the partying thing was in your in your undergraduate days. Um, just try not to try not to push yourself past the point where you can actually be successful. Um, there's no shame in taking a day off. Um, and that's if if that's hard for you, I understand that's hard for me too. Um, but I don't no matter where you go to school, no matter what you're doing, um, it's okay to to take a day off um, because you should be able to prioritize school, you know. Um, so just just those those are good things I think to be to be aware of. Um, so the next question, uh, networking during school. Um, consistently even when you're constantly busy or um, maybe you don't have money to travel or don't have money to go out every night um, this is something that's I've kind of looked at in the last I would say probably calendar year um, 2019 I think uh, was a big year for me as far as networking goes um, just you kind of have to be on the lookout at all times, because um, I I would say that I'm a busy person and, um, you know I'm I'm making ends meet financially, but I wouldn't say that I have a lot of extra discretionary funds. So, um, I'm always aware of these things, and you know if I'm going to a convention, I have to save up for like you know four years before I can afford to pay the hotel and the registration and to be not working for a week or whatever. Um, but there's things that make networking really easy or not necessarily make it easy, but definitely make it easier. Um, so that there's things like uh, social media. Um, and, you know, if to me, if you're going to be a uh, working professional musician and I know that from I can speak from my experience as a composer, it's kind of hard to explain what you do, um, but it becomes easier if you have a way to broadcast what you're working on to anybody that will listen. So you know, for example, if I have uh, if I have a you know a percussion ensemble that I'm working on that I eventually would want some percussionists to play. If I post about it, if it's on my Facebook page or my Instagram or my Twitter or YouTube channel or whatever, um, that helps me create those uh, those sort of connections without me having to physically be somewhere else or having to maybe call a specific person. If I just post somewhere, um, that's a way that I can uh, continue networking even if I'm working on 10 different things. Um, you know, and again, I think an, a big thing is just if you're if you're constantly showing up in someone's feed, um, there's no way that anyone could deny that you're working. You know, they see that you're oh this this person is obviously a working composer because I can physically see what they're composing. Um, I think same thing. You know, if you're a performer, post some videos of yourself playing, um, and then. Because I know that I look at those and I'm thinking, oh, cool, uh, maybe I can book this person to do such and such. Or I know who to call if I'm looking for a trumpet player or whatever. Um, 
and you know with with things on social media like that um you can be passed down through three or four people and it doesn't really matter how or what what it was that got there but if you're if you're there and you have a presence you can be networking and you you might get a text message at three in the morning you wake up the next morning it's like hey i heard from a friend who heard from a colleague who heard from their boss that you did such and such and i was wondering if you are available for this um and all you did was post something you know maybe a week ago and there it is um social media is a huge part of of my networking thing um the i mean the the school that i work with right now um over in virginia i (laughs) golly it was 10 or 11 years ago and that literally started from me joining a facebook group and waiting and kind of, you know, not not having any hits right off the bat. But, you know, a month a month in, I have someone who I consider extremely um, close and, and beloved uh, work colleague that I write music with. Uh, as a matter of fact, his name is Marcus Grant. You should check out his, his website. And he's a working composer over in Virginia. He's brilliant. He's a fantastic trumpet player. Uh, and he's just kind of started a YouTube thing. Um, so I'll probably link him in the, in, in the post here, but Marcus is wonderful and you should check out what he does and give him lots of money to write music. Um, uh, another thing too is, um, with networking, it, it doesn't have to go so far as necessarily to develop a brand. Um, I, I kind of, I have gone that direction because I am going to do a lot of what I do online and I've chose to go that route. But, uh, if you're, you know, if let's say that you're going to grad school, you're, you're going to finish a master's degree, you should have a business card. It definitely would not hurt to have a website. Um, it should look like, you know, a master's degree is, is a professional endeavor. I, it's not. It's not always like um, the way that a bachelor's degree works out. Because some people get a bachelor's degree and work in a completely different industry. Uh, you know, and that's fine. Whatever, whatever makes ends meet. Whatever makes you happy and satisfies you as a as a person. If you feel like you're, you know, contributing to society. Um, so you know, that's just do what you need to do. But I, I, in my opinion, if you're going for a master's degree, if you're even starting graduate school, design yourself a business card or, or get somebody who does that for their work to design you a business card. It is so much worth it to, to have that. And doesn't need to be anything like super fancy or super expensive or pretentious or anything like that. Just, just have it, just have a business card that looks really nice. Um, it's it's just it's a good look in my opinion Um, cool so another question is working during school Uh, this is kind of depends on your situation Um, I think I said earlier I was not uh, privy to any sort of assistantship or fellowship or you know anything like that um, so I was kind of uh, I wasn't really 
Um, I wasn't able to pay out of pocket either. I wasn't able to save up that quite that much. Um, but uh, I was kind of working to make ends meet. So I worked at a, I had a retail job at a large retail establishment. Um, I, I so, so appreciated my time there. Um, you know, retail, I was doing sales. Retail sales is definitely not um, my forte. Uh, it's, thankfully, it was not a commission-based thing, so I wasn't having to... It wasn't like a super stressful thing. It was really, it was really a great environment to work in. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people have to work as in the service industry and work on, you know, for six cents an hour or something. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that I, I didn't have to do that. Um, I, I had to work though. Um, and I think for a lot of people, you, they just kind of have to work because even if you're not paying for school, you have to pay your rent and your car note and your insurance and all of these other things. So um, another thing, but like I was saying earlier, as far as you know, pitfalls go, uh, if you do have to work during grad school, um, you, you have to find a good work-life balance. And if, if you're able to share those things with whoever you're working with, you know, your, your employer or whatever, uh, or your coworkers be like, Hey, I'm in grad school. Um, find a, find an environment where, you know, you could reasonably take a day off or something. Just, I know that it's, it's so hard, but even if you, you know, maybe you make a dollar an hour less or something, but you have a, a positive work environment. It's so important because those those the time that you're not in class, you still kind of have to be in school mode. You kind of have to be thinking of you know oh that's there's that project and there's that, um, and if the if when you're at work you you leave and you're just upset and you you hate life and you can't even imagine how you're going to be able to go on. You won't be able to rest and get to school or even get to work or whatever. It's just, it's so important. Um, find a place that, um, that you can, you can survive really is, is what it is. Um, cause again, I, I know I, I had to work. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> um, but definitely, Definitely take a look at that. Uh, let me see here. I just want to double check the post and see. Um, so the last thing I'll say, I'm going to just very briefly revisit um, sort of the time commitment and the payout. And people ask me, they were asking me last semester because they thought I had finished <laughs> A semester ago, um, is it worth it? Was it worth it to go to grad school? And half of the answer is, uh, I won't know that for a while. And it's hard to say. It really is hard to say whether it's worth it because let's say I get a high paying music job that's not teaching in college. Can I reasonably say that was because of that I got a master's degree? 
maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Unless the person that hires me or the job I get specifically says, yeah, we saw that you finished a master's degree. Um, in that case, yeah, I'll know for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Um, but was, will it, will it have been worth it from a financial standpoint? I don't know. I, I'm a composer. So short of teaching college, uh, I don't know that, um, I don't know. I just, I really don't know the answer to that. Was it worth it? Um, my thinking, yeah, it, yeah, it was worth it. Um, and the reason I say that is because um, after I finished my bachelor's, I was in this place where, okay, I did the thing that so, so many people do. I got a college degree. I'm working. I gig sometimes. I'm like, you know, I kind of floated around. You know, I was teaching, and I loved teaching, and I made a, made a little bit of money doing that. <clears throat> but for me, I was like, if I'm really going to say that I, this is me, this is a, I'm a professional musician. Music is going to be my life, no matter what. Um, I need to do something that is at least one step up from this. Um, and so I was thinking, you know what? A master's degree is is one step up not you know a lot of people get bachelor's degree and get one job and then that's the job they work for the rest of their life and they're fine and you know they feel happy and satisfied with that but my when i finished my degree it did not feel that way um i was happy to be done i was happy to have that achievement um but um i and again i don't know if it's going to yield a bunch of financial success for me. I don't, cause if I'm teaching, you know, private lessons, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, if I was going to go back to teach full time at, at a high school level or something like that, I don't know that a composition degree would yield, um, any, any extra money for that. Um, but for me, it was a thing that no one could ever look at me as a person and say that, you know, that music was just a hobby or music was something that I just used to kill time before I did my real work. Music is absolutely 100% what I have dedicated my life to. Um, and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a hard living again because where the money comes from is not always um, clear, but um, it was not as much for what I was going to get out of it um, as much as it was I completed something that satisfied something in me. So um, I don't know because people ask well. I love, you know, I love teaching. I love music. And I'm working as a, you know, I'm a band director. I'm a choir director. I'm teaching, uh, you know, high school or middle school. I say, well, you know, is it worth it? Am I going to see some, uh, am I going to see a, a pay raise? And, you know, to me, my, my answer to that question, because I ask myself the same question, 
I, it was, am I, am I satisfied with what I'm doing and, you know, teaching? Is it, is that my like main calling teaching at a, at a public school? Um, and I think if that's the case, then the money kind of doesn't matter. Like if, if you're, if you're being paid enough to, you know, pay your rent, put food on the table, um, I think that that's kind of a calling, you know, and it, it wasn't really for me. Um, I don't think a master's degree is going to get you like more money. Um, but I think that uh, whether it's going to be worth the time just depends on kind of where you are in life. If you if you want to do more, if you want to basically if you want to do if you want to teach college, if you want to be contribute to academia and research and, you know, more, more so than like the everyday life of a, a teenager or, a, you know, maybe even an elementary school kiddo. If you, if you need to have more music in your life than teaching and education, then I would say maybe consider a graduate degree. Um, but if you're if you're teaching, you know, at a public school or a private school or charter school or whatever, and you wake up every day and feel like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, um, man, you may not you may not need a master's degree for that fulfillment, um, you know, unless unless you talk to you know your your boss and be like, hey, how about a ten thousand dollar a year raise or something, uh, but it's I don't think it's usually that. I don't think it's usually that much at all, if anything. Um, so, you know, it, it just kind of depends on what you feel like you want to do as far as whether whether a master's degree is really, really worth it um, and how it'll help you do that. Um, for me, I know it's going to be something I'm going to look at when... I'm working on my fourth marching show of the week and it's, I've also got, you know, a, a, a chamber piece or something that I'm working on <clears throat> that is particularly challenging and it's due the next morning. I'm going to look at that and be like, man, I, I did it. I did that. I finished that so I can finish this. It's something that is going to keep me going. Um, on those long nights or those days or those months where I, I may not have a gig and I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. I'll just remember. I was like, man, I finished that. I can get through this. Uh, so that was a big part of it for me. Um, whether it's worth it for you, I don't know. You know, and if you're, if you're listening to, to this, you know, thank you so much. Golly, it's been, uh, what is it? Yeah, it's been <laughs> two hours. Holy moly. Um, if you've listened to me talk about graduate school for two hours and you've got you've made it this far, you know, thank you for listening to me. And I hope that if you're considering doing it, that that some of my my thoughts or opinions or experiences have helped you like I really do, um, because it was it was hard. And one of the, the things that helped me get through it were the other people that were going through it or the other people that have gone through it. Um, 
so this this is something I'm just I'm putting this out there for anybody who thinks they might want help or might want information. Um, I would be super super pleased if um, you know if if you're listening to this and you think someone would enjoy it, share it. You know, send them send them the link. Um, you know, while you're at it, if you look at any other episodes that you think they would enjoy, um, I would love I would love to have more podcast listeners. Um, because as I as I post more stuff and you know as I as I have more input, I can sort of put that back into the the podcast and then get get more information that that y'all want to hear. Um, or you know if you, if you want to be on the podcast and you you know wouldn't mind having your name up on the website, I I love that. I love talking with musicians and um, talking about music, and it's just it's obviously the most important thing for me um so it means a lot that you've you've listened to this far um and it it is uh it is officially midnight so i am it's it's no longer my birthday so i can talk about that um but yeah to um thank you for (laughs) for listening to me talk um Hopefully it wasn't too rambly towards the last half because it's been a long day, as all of them are. Um, but thank you, thank you so much, um, and uh, be on the lookout for the other stuff that I am working on. It will hopefully include you. Um, thanks again, and y'all be good.